welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Because listen, the first wave is strong, the second wave is stronger, but everything in the Bible is three. So this third wave, say three. And we're also in 2023. And there are also three times, the past, the present, and the future. So this third wave is bringing the future into the present. How many of you believe that? Say yes. You should be shouting if you believe that. All the way to the back. I really appreciate being here, and I believe that God is going to do something. Can you just lift your hands for a second towards heaven? And I love to say that when we lift our hands, this is not to show how spiritual or charismatic we are, but this is the international sign of surrender. So as you lift your hands, you're surrendering to God's presence, you're surrendering to His glory, and you're saying, God, I'm hungry for you. God, I'm not just here to listen to a talk from a guy from another country. I'm here to encounter your glory. Holy Spirit, I want more of you. Move in this place. Move in this place. Move in this place. Move in this place. Lift your hands and just take it in. 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 Take a deep breath and take it in. I'm telling you, people are already, already, already getting healed. Souls are already getting touched. Chains are already being broken. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And say this word. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you're turning pressure into power. Thank you that you're turning my greatest crisis into my greatest asset. In Jesus' name. If you could see in the spirit, you would see a lot. I promise you that. Make me a promise. As you're sitting and listening to the word, be expecting for something to happen in your body and your soul. Because this happens everywhere. The other day I was at a secular conference with Tim Story and in the lobby I met a guy, Hispanic guy, and he was all excited with his Louis Vuitton glasses and he was saying how the universe has blessed him so much, the universe. And I went in the prophetic and I told him, How come you say the universe when your whole family are Christian and have been praying for you for years? He got all teared up. I said, and also your back is getting healed right now. I said, and who is in your family that has the name David, the name of King David? He began to weep. He says, my brother. I said, he just came out of jail, but God's going to heal him. I said, you should go to an amazing church called Victory Outreach in Chino. 
I said, even if you're not in Chino, you can find them everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> but listen, if God can do this in a lobby of a secular conference in Las Vegas, what can, what, what can he do in this atmosphere today? Let's pray and then we go into the word and then we see what the Spirit will do. Genesis chapter 45, verse 4 and 5. And the Bible says, And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near me. So they came near. Then he said, I'm Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves. Because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Push your neighbor and say, they might have sold you. But God has sent you. Verse 8, so now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and the ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege to again open your holy word and receive the sustenance and life that comes through your living scriptures. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will literally baptize this place with your fire and glory. Speak to us clearly with your own language that surpasses words, that surpasses cultural, national barriers. Feed us until we overflow. And may we come out of this place with a fresh anointing. For this new season you are calling us in. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name. And all the people said. Say the power of pressure. Look at your neighbor and say the power of pressure. Say from anointed to appointed. Say, pressure, pressure takes me from anointed to appointed. You may be seated. In a very dramatic turn of events, this incredible Bible character by the name of Joseph, who is one of my favorites because he is a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. He's betrayed by his brothers. His clothes are torn, just like the master's. He's sold into slavery in Egypt. But he has to save the world at 30 years old, just like Jesus. He's thrown in the prison. Peter says that by the Spirit, Jesus spoke to the spirits in Tartarus, in the prison. 
And then on the third day, or in the third year, in Joseph's case, he rose from prison on the right-hand side of the father, Pharaoh. And when he stood on the right-hand side of Pharaoh, Pharaoh gave Joseph a Gentile wife, just like God gave Jesus a Gentile church. He gave him a church from all the world. There is only one portion of Joseph's life which hasn't yet manifested in Jesus' ministry. And it's the scriptures that we just read. Joseph met his own brothers, the Jewish boys. And he said, you thought I was dead, but I'm alive. You thought you betrayed me, but it was God's plan. And the Bible says that one day Jesus will reveal himself to the people of Israel. And this will trigger the most incredible end time revival. Push your neighbor and say, we're living in these days. The most incredible part with this scripture is not that Joseph went through everything he went through, but that he looked at his brothers and he says in verse number 8, he said, it was not you who sent me here. It was God. See, I'm trying to preach to somebody today in Victory Outreach and tell you that when you think that this person broke up with you, it was God. Wait for it now. You think that your boss fired you. It was God. See, this is the most incredible part of this portion of scripture. We understand so much, not just about the character of God. He is the God who uses everything for our good. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, we know that all things work together for those who have been foreknown. They work according to his purpose, say purpose. But for there to be a purpose manifested, there has to be a problem in your life. For us, in the Western world, many times, a problem is a contradiction. And we think that if we have a problem, this is the proof that maybe I'm far from God, or maybe God is not in my life, or maybe God is not blessing me. But what if you come to a level of spiritual maturity like Joseph, where you say, actually, this part of my life, the worst part of my life, the most difficult part of my life, this was the moment when my problem was actually God's providence to manifest His purpose. Do I have a witness in the house today? But this is the thing, when we are in the situation, we cannot see God. So it takes time. Oh my goodness. So listen, when I was 12 and got radically saved by God, I was reading a book uh, that was about God's greats, about God's generals. And as I was reading this book, God spoke to me and he said, you're going to travel the world. You're going to heal the sick. And I saw myself in visions. I didn't even know what it means. I saw people falling. I saw people getting up from wheelchairs. I hadn't seen it anywhere in my life. Two weeks later, I was watching a tape, like a VHS tape. And I saw an American man who was doing what I saw in my dream, Tim Story. And immediately I thought, wow, my life is now going to change for the good. Because I had the anointment. Say anointment. 
You see, many people think just because they have the anointing, they're already ready for their appointment. But you can be anointed and not ready for your appointment. God has to take you through stuff to get you where he wants you. Listen to that now. So I thought, now my life is going to get so good. My mom met a guy. He was a psychopath. For three years, we had to run for our life. He almost killed her. I was asking, God, where is the anointing? You anointed me for great things. You gave me a dream. You gave me inspiration. You showed me how I'm going to change people's lives. And now I find myself, listen to that, after two years of abuse, I had to go and live in a house with no running water or electricity. I had to read my Bible with a flashlight. I would go each night and read the Bible with a flashlight. And I would ask the Holy Spirit to wake me up for school because I didn't have an alarm clock. But if you ask me today, and thank you for the question, by the way. Somebody says, why are you talking to yourself? Because I enjoy intelligent conversation. Listen. Listen. If you ask me today, would you remove this part? Would you have it not happen? I would look at you in the eyes like David and I would say, I was glad that I was afflicted. I was glad that I was afflicted. Because now, in hindsight, in the rear view mirror of life, I can understand that maybe God didn't have me go through all of this stuff. Without a purpose. And maybe, just maybe, can I get a witness in the church today? Maybe he actually saw me that when I'm 30, I'm going to be an advisor to politicians. That when I'm 30, I'm going to be on national TV. That when I'm 30, I'm going to be a millionaire. That when I'm 30, I'm going to be all around the world. And maybe he saw me and he thought, what will it take for this man to be in this level at 30 years old and not go crazy? So he will have to live without electricity and water just so he knows. He will have to go, can I preach a little bit? He will have to go through abuse just so he knows. He will have to read the Bible with a flashlight just so he knows. I'm trying to tell you today that if you didn't go through the things that you went through, you wouldn't be the person that you are today. So thank God for every trial. Thank God for every test. Thank God for every problem. Thank God for every devil to come and fight against you because every fight made you stronger. Can I have 10 people in Victory Outreach that shout for Jesus? Say my problem has a purpose say it's not meaningless what a powerful revelation what a what a crazy revelation that he looked in he, he, the eyes of his brothers and he said you didn't send me here so when this lady liked me and she accused me of something i never did god was involved no, no, you didn't hear that. So, so, listen. So when I went to prison, I was not just by prison, by accident. I was sent by God to prison. 
Now, I know that we're in the western part of the world, and it's hard to understand how can God send you to prison. But just check the New Testament. Paul wanted to go to Asia. The Spirit said no. He went to Philippi. And where did he end up in Philippi? Beaten. In jail. Why would God send you to jail? You see, we are thinking about the beating. God is thinking about salvation. We're, we're thinking about our level of problems. And we are trying to understand, why am I going through this stuff? God says, you have to. Like, let me, can I explain something to you? Sometimes you think you're fighting the devil. You're actually fighting God. You're fighting God. Sometimes you think you're fighting you're fighting a human, you're fighting the devil. You see, our problem is that we think we are fighting just the obstacles or the person or the boss who fired us or whatever happened in our life. We think that we're against flesh and blood. Let me preach to somebody in Victory Outreach. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. You are anointed. Listen to me. You're anointed. Say, I'm anointed. But you also have to be attacked. Do you know what it means to be attacked? It means to be afflicted. I was afflicted. Listen, I'm not saying that God is the author of evil in your life. I'm just saying that God can use even evil in your life. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that God will sugarcoat your life to manifest your purpose. In fact, sometimes he might be looking just for a messed up person like you. I'm going to try this side because these people don't know what I'm talking about. He might be looking for somebody who is insecure like you. Sometimes he's looking for somebody who was in jail just like you. Sometimes God is looking. Listen, look at all the people God used. Rahab. Can I preach a little bit? And any time God wanted to use somebody, he brought him through pressure. For Jacob to become Israel, he had to fight God. That's pressure. For Daniel to become the leader of an empire, he had to be thrown in the lion's den. That's pressure. But you think... Daniel was thrown in the lion's den by the king and his friends who betrayed him. I think that God had his friends betray him. Only people who have walked with God and are mature in the spirit can understand that. That God cares more about bringing forth his purpose than your feelings. See, you think about your feelings... God thinks about his purpose. So when he sees Jesus and he says, what will it take to save the world? It will take Gethsemane. Even the God man said, Father, if this cup can pass me by, but not my will. But your purpose, say purpose. Say purpose. Say there is a purpose. Say afflicted. That's what it means to be attacked. Have you been attacked? And you know, when you are attacked, this is the test now. Are you going to get bitter under affliction? 
Because if you become bitter, this is what God told me. I saw this man kicking my mom in the head. I was screaming for help while he was kicking her in the head. I was screaming, help, help. And in the night when I went to sleep, I cried myself to sleep. And I asked God, how can a man be so evil? And this is what he told me. He said, son, if you get bitter, you will become just like him. You see, this is the son who saw his father drinking. And he hated his dad because his father was a drunk. And then he became 30. And he became a drunk. The curse is activated by bitterness. You will turn into what you hate. Or you will turn into what you love. If your hatred is stronger than your love, be careful. Say afflicted. After he was afflicted, I mean attacked by his own brothers. He's now looking at them and he says, it wasn't you, it was God. What's your name? Richard, they took his coat, they cut it apart, they soaked his clothing in blood. He said, no, no, it's okay, don't worry about it. You didn't do anything, it was God. God had them soak his clothing in blood so that he can become a type and shadow of Messiah. Jesus, whose clothing were soaked in blood. But only in the rear view mirror of life, we can see the purpose of God in our problem. When you go through time, at first you feel bad about it, then you think maybe it was good, then 30 years later you're like, thank God that this happened. Thank God that she left. Oh, you should clap here. Thank God that he turned his back on me. Oh, you should clap. Really, you should shout a little bit. Thank God that it happened. Say afflicted. Say attacked. And then, this is powerful. He was abducted. Say abducted. Oh, man. I thought I'm going to go from anointed to appointed. But you have to first be afflicted. Then you have to be attacked. Then you also have to be abducted. He was literally abducted. But in his abduction, pastor, there was purpose in his abduction. Because God asked the question, how are we going to get this boy to Pharaoh? So he says, I'm going to use Abraham's mistake. We have some people who read the Bible here. I'm going to use Abraham's mistake. The Bible says he was found by the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites are the children of Ishmael. Ishmael was the, he was the biggest mistake of Abraham. So God says, I'm going to do something generational in this church. I'm going to use even your mistakes for good. I'm going to use your mistakes as a vehicle to get you to the purpose that I have for your life. Can I get three people in Victory Outreach today? Say abducted. To be abducted means to be taken against your will. 
To be abducted, listen to that, means that you find yourself in circumstances where you are out of control. Somebody is in control of you. How many of you understand? Say yes. You, you think you're forgotten? With God, you, you think you're forgotten just because you're abducted? God knows where you are. God knows where you are. I was praying one morning seven years ago, and God said, go and speak in Germany. We have church, uh, church that we build in Germany. He says, go, you have to speak and have host a healing meeting in Germany. I'm like, I have other plans. But you know, when you have plans, you have to cancel your plans for his plans. That's a, just, just a side note. Because sometimes I think we are so organized and so Americanized. And so orchestrated that we are kind of pushing God out of the equation of our life. How many of you want God in your life? Yeah. Do you have space in your calendar? You need a space. You don't need to be booked. Like this is my time where I'm not booked to be booked by heaven. Do you have this time? You should. It's the most fruitful time. So he says, go. I said, when? He says, like, this Friday. This is like a Monday. I'm in the midst of the fastest growing church. I'm in the midst of all the things I'm doing. He says, go now. I get a ticket. I'm going to the airport. I arrive. I'm at the check-in. Okay? I check my bag. I take my stro uh, strolling bag, my small bag, my carry-on bag. I'm going through the scanner. They put it on the scanner. As I'm waiting for the bag to come, I see one policeman on my right side. I see another one on my left side. I look around, four of them, six, ten. Fifteen. I'm thinking, maybe I'm getting abducted now. I could hear the guys working the, the, the suitcases saying, oh, he hid it, he hid it, he has hidden it in between the lining of the suit and the cover. He hid it, it's, it's there. Do you see it? Yes, I see it. Put it again. Oh my God, it's really there. All of a sudden, the 15 became 30. I was surrounded by policemen. A gentleman looks at me, he says, come here, we know what you did. I'm like, what did I do? Now crazy stuff are growing through my head, okay? I'm thinking now, maybe... Somebody put something in my bath. Maybe I'm, I'm like just trying to understand naturally what could have happened. Because that's what we do. We forgot that we're in a spiritual war. So I'm there. I'm like, what is happening? So he says, we know what you did. I said, I don't know what I did. He says, we have to cut the lining of your suit because you hid it between the lining and the suitcase. I said, please do it. In front of my eyes, he cuts my suit. He opens a huge knife underneath. My jaw dropped. Immediately I felt when I saw this huge knife in my own suitcase. Immediately I felt chills. Pictures began to go through my head. I'm on TV. A preacher terrorist tried to kidnap a plane. I thought now I'm going to get a black stamp. I will never be able to travel. And God said I'm going to travel the world. I'm standing there overwhelmed. They want to arrest me now. I saw it with my eyes. I saw the knife. I'm like, nobody put it there. It was in between the lines. I didn't even know how this knife got there. And then I heard the voice of God. And he said, son, this is spiritual warfare. 
Don't be afraid. You think this is the real knife. This is, you're thinking naturally. You think it just, it, it happened. Look at your neighbor and say, nothing just happens. Say it again. Nothing just happens. Say coincidence is when God or the devil are staying anonymous. In this case, it was the devil. And so I began to pray, Pastor. I said, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? He said, ask for a general of security in the airport. I say, I want to talk to the general. They're like, what? I say, I want to talk to the general. I will not talk to any of you but to the general. Now they think maybe he'll reveal his plan. <laughs> These guys, you haven't seen police people so happy. They found a terrorist. Like something that only happens in the movies. They thought it really happened now. So the general comes, uh, older gentleman, and I heard God say to me, speak from the spirit. Speak from the spirit. Look at the person next to you and say, speak from the spirit. You know how you know that you're speaking from the spirit? You're not speaking from this part or even from your heart. It's from your inner being. So I looked at the man in the eyes and I said, sir, I'm a man of God. This is a mistake. I'm telling you the truth. I'm innocent. You have to believe me. I'm going to preach the gospel now. Listen, Bulgaria is an Orthodox country, not like Protestant. So our kind of church is considered too wild for them. So when I said I'm a man of God, it doesn't, doesn't say anything to him, but it said it in the spirit. Say the spirit. So he said, I'm a man of God. You have to listen to me. You have to trust me. You have to let me go. I'm going on a mission for God. The man turns to all the 30 guards there. And he repeats what I just said verbatim. He says, this is a man of God. It was like he was hypnotized. He said, this is a man of God. He's going on a mission. You're stopping him. Let him go. Don't you see he's innocent? One of the guys, one of the guys there is like, but boss, 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 let's, uh, we need to keep the, the evidence. This is the suitcase, is the evidence. We need to keep the evidence. He's like, no evidence, no nothing. Just take the knife, let the gentleman go. But the back, yes, the back, you should let him go. He looked at me, he gave me my passport back, he gave me my boarding pass. He said, sir, I'm sorry you missed your flight. Maybe you get on the other flight. I went around. I went down to the escalator, bought another flight, went back the same stairs, the same guys are looking at me. I arrive in Germany. Listen, this is where you know you've been abducted. The people who are supposed to meet me, they say, oh, you won't believe what happened to us. I say, no, you won't believe what happened to me. They said, when we were coming to pick you up from the airport, SWAT team stopped us on the highway, took us out of the car, made us lay on the floor, took the car apart because somebody told them that this model and this year car was trafficking drugs. Then I knew.
I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you're in a crazy fight. It looks crazy to you. It looks like this doesn't make sense. First my car broke down, then my electricity stopped, then I had pain in my back. Everything is breaking around me. I'm here to say you're about to break the back of the devil and that's why you're going through abduction. Shout if you believe it, come on. Shout a little bit. I went in the meeting, I went in the meeting, I went in the meeting. They bring a lady that was on her deathbed, last stage cancer, couldn't breathe, couldn't move. She was like, I mean, you could see her dying any second. As I prayed over the lady, the power of God here, her color began, begins to come back. Her eyes began to lighten up. Listen, she goes to the doctor next day, no sign of cancer. Now you know. I said, now you know. But, but what if we took the theology that the problem is the proof that God is not with me? I would have thought, oh, maybe, maybe all these things that happen, they're proving that if God was with me, why would this happen? Because we want to cut all the things from our life that don't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It just has to make God. I said it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to make God in your life. Say abducted. When you're abducted, you're going to be tempted to run away. But I'm telling you, if you run, you will run your whole life. Pastor, what do I do if I find myself abducted? Cry for help. Speak from the Spirit. Stand in God. Stand in church. Say, I'm going to go and pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to declare war to the devil. Do I have 10 people at Victory Outreach today who are about to declare war to the devil? This depression is demonic. We break it. This cancer is demonic. We break it. This, this pain is demonic, we break it. This noise in your right ear is demonic, we break it. Say yes if you believe that. Say afflicted. Attacked. Abducted. And I love this part. Accused. He is now accused of raping a woman. The worst thing you can imagine. He was a pure man who never in his life laid with a woman. And he was accused of being a rapist. Say accused. It's not nice when you're accused. Have you ever been accused? And sometimes we know you're accused just because you did a little bit. There's some, there are some accusations in life where you actually did something. So now it's coming after you. <laughs> but if you're really anointed by God, can I tell you something? You will be accused for no reason. Because the enemy will come after you. You're going to break generational curses. 
you're going to save your whole family. You're going to be the first person in your family who makes it. But you're going to be accused. And you're going to be accused by the people you're trying to help. Pastors know about these things. Pastors know about these things. You live your life trying to serve people and help people, and they, they turn around and come after you. And when you're accused, the temptation is to make an excuse and defend yourself. Because the devil knows that if you defend yourself, God cannot defend you. If you try to protect your reputation, God cannot build your reputation. A gentleman asked me the other day, he said, man, you're friends with Tim Story. You're friends with this guy, you're friends, every, all these people. How did you get to meet them? I don't know. I don't even know. I lost it all when I had to plant this church. I lost it all. I gave my last money for it. My last friends left me. People started to talk bad about me. The new church in town. People whom I thought were my brothers said the worst unimaginable things about me. I was crying one day. I was feeling miserable like you do sometimes. Thank you for that. There in the back, there is somebody real. Thank you for waving. I was having a pity party. Oh, God, I'm doing your will. I'm doing everything I know. <laughs> and everybody's leaving me. How can you do this to me? And then God spoke to me, and he said, you should be thanking me right now. Listen, listen, listen. I was a little bold. I was like, why would I be thanking you? For what? He said, it's the first time in your life when you have an opportunity to know who are your real friends. Because when your reputation is intact, when everything is perfect, hey, I'm preaching today, telling you. When... When you have the money, when you have the connections, when you have the deals, when you have the kids, when your life is moving forward, everybody wants to be around you. But sometimes your life goes down. It's true. It happened to the best. You don't want to be accused. You will never be appointed. I promise you that. Jesus was accused. Peter was accused. Paul was accused. All of them were accused. Jesus said, be glad when people talk all kinds of nonsense, I'm paraphrasing, against you for my name's sake. So God said, you should be thanking me right now because now you know who is really your friend. And then I said this, this is true. I said, it's very few of them. <laughs> and he answered, he said, 
They have been few all along. It's just that you thought you had more. I need five people with Victory Outreach who can give God some glory. I need 10 people who can shout. Because when you were accused, you found who has your back. And can I tell you something more? If you're really in a bad place, if everybody left you, if your mama left you, if your daddy left you, if your wife left you, if your children left you, if everybody turned their back on you, I want to tell you, God's got your back. He is on your side. You are not alone. Shout if you believe it. Encourage yourself when you're accused. Say, oh, I'm in a good company now. I'm accused like all these God's generals. I'm accused like all these Bible characters. I'm accused like my master, Jesus Christ. If I'm accused, that's one of the last stages before me going into my appointment. Oh, if you clap, clap like you believe it. Say, I'm anointed, but I have to be afflicted, abducted, accused. And then in prison. What happens in prison? Now you're in prison. Welcome to prison. Can I get someone on the piano? Because it's prison time. I've never been to prison, thank God. But I've preached in prison. It's not nice to be in prison. But you know what's the strange thing about prison? In prison, you get affirmed. Joseph was affirmed in prison. When he was in prison, he was affirmed by two. The wine bearer and the bread maker. They affirmed him. When you're in prison and you're affirmed, you have to learn how to trust more in the wine bearer than your giftings. Everybody left him but two affirmed him. There will always be two that affirm you. The spirit, the wine bearer. And the word, the bread maker. The Spirit and the Word affirmed him. And of course that the bread maker had to die because the Word became flesh and lived among us. <laughs> Say, my life is a prophecy. Say it, my life is a prophecy for the glory of God. Every detail, every detail, Every detail. That I would be 13 and watch a tape of a man. And then I would be 30 and come to preach to you this morning. And he would present me on the screen. Say every detail.
So now he's affirmed. Are you ready for it? By the Spirit and the Word. And that should be enough for you. You might have nothing, but if you have the Spirit and the Word, that should be enough for you. He had developed his gifting to a new level now. First time we saw him, he was dreaming, but he didn't understand. Now we see him interpreting dreams. On the way, he got better. Oh, boy. You're getting better on the way. 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 God still has his way and you're getting better on the way. You're getting better on the way. This is powerful. And when he thinks now everything is set, I found the meaning and the purpose of my life. Can I give it to you? My last point. And then I'm going to pray for some sick people and see some healings. Look at that. My last point. This is the last point. This is the last point. He was abandoned. You think, oh, things are going, things are going, things are going. Oh, alone in prison. Listen, it's bad enough to be in prison. Now he was alone in prison. And he thought he was forgotten. And God told me there will be some people in Victory Outreach today who feel forgotten. But you're not forgotten. You're just reserved. You're reserved. You see, now he was abandoned because his time had not yet come. It's very interesting. There had to be a massive crisis outside for him to get out of prison. Let me prophesy to you. This coming economic crisis is going to be the best time for Victory Outreach. It's going to be the best time for you. This is the time for Joseph to raise, to be raised. Come on, somebody. This is the time for Joseph to be raised from the dead and sit at the highest places of power shout if that's you so now he gets up he gets up he gets up he gets up and i'm almost done he gets up and this is what happens he goes on the right hand side of pharaoh he gets a taste of power say power and nothing will take you down as quick say yes if it's true and now he's appointed, he's appointed. He's now in his appointment. But look at that. God will sometimes give you a foretaste of your appointment to test if you're ready. And if you're not ready, you're going back to abducted, abandoned, attacked, whatever you need to learn on the way. Is this true? Say yes if it's true. What is the test? This is the test. It's the test of forgiveness. I was 16 years old and preaching in a small church. And while I was preaching, this is a true story. Listen. A gentleman walks through the door. It's the same guy who almost killed my mother. My mom had to leave 
our country to hide in another country because he was following us everywhere. And I'm preaching and he's coming in the service. And the guy was not humble. Listen, he came from the back in the middle of my sermon and sat on the front row with a girlfriend. I was like thinking to myself, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't victory outreach because if it was victory outreach, they would be like, hey, you came late, stay there. Nobody stopped him. Like he came like a boss and sit on the front row. The man who almost killed my mom. The man who, who, who dramatically influenced my life in a negative way. I thought so. I was finishing the sermon. And now I was, I was praying in the spirit. And I was thinking maybe now I'm going to pray for him. But I'm going to pray for him with the fivefold ministry. <laughs> right? Can I be honest? I do an altar call. Who wants to receive prayer? Guess who's the first person to come up? With a girlfriend. He comes up. A line of people come after him. And I heard the voice of God. And he said, now, you're going to pray for him like you pray for everybody else. Oh, man. Say forgiveness. Say when I'm appointed, I have to release forgiveness. Because now I had the power to do something. And this is what I did. I didn't feel it. I didn't have like the, the desire to do it. But I stretched my hands to pray for him. And as I prayed for him, the power of God came on him. He began to weep. The girl began to weep. They went under. And God spoke to me. He said, now you're ready for your appointment. I said, now you're ready for your appointment. I said that now you are ready for your appointment. What would I preach today if this didn't happen? What would I preach today if this didn't happen? You see, God doesn't want to delete portions of your life. What God wants to do is go right in this past moment of pain and hurt and depression and suicidal thoughts and bring His healing power and break the curses and break the chains and renew your mind and give you wealth and give you prosperity and change your future. But you need to receive it on the inside before it manifests on the outside. Shout if you believe it. Come on. Lift your hands. And begin to pray in the Spirit. Lift your hands and begin to pray in the Spirit. Lift your hands and begin to pray in the Spirit. Come on and lift your hands and begin to pray. Come on and lift your hands and begin to pray. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.